people so they have no foundation at all. Now the trouble's with your attitude. Hold on, that was a funny joke. <laughs> I'm gonna throw that that keyboard against the against the wall. <laughs> Shut up and sit down. Last time on the show. Yeah. You 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 think used cars are so fucking valuable? How about how about Ukrainian lives? You fucking piece of shit. Go over there and defend that. Yeah, defend their property. Here's your calling. Go ahead. Yeah. I saw someone posted today. Yeah. Someone posted today. If anyone asks you why you need an AR-15 at your house, tell them to check the news lately because of the whole Ukraine the, the Ukraine thing. And I had to comment. So I, I commented with, yeah. you know, all right, well, we'll see you in Ukraine then. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want the world to know for all the times Dan has eviscerated me on this show, we are in take two and we just got through the sounder. I want the whole world to know that, that we are already in take two and it is Dan's hey, fault completely. We're professionals around here. We and that's why, that's why I wrote this song for Ukraine. Oh, God. I'm what do you offended. think, Laura? Was that uh, right on key or what? Yeah, that was probably the least Ukrainian thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> now, all right, that backfired. It's okay. Great job, Dan. Great job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um. Yes. Yeah, so we have Laura with us today, and the reason why we have Laura with us is because we checked her DNA. And her family tree. We and intercepted it, the parcel for ancestry.com. Mm -hmm. So she ordered it because we weren't going to pay for right, it. We knew right. that she did it. I went and I for have the connections. Fucking, exactly. Dan mm -hmm. informed the mailman. I waited at her mailbox and he handed me the ancestry.com. And then I just went through her personal DNA information. Right. Well, we sorry. uploaded it to a larger database um, as well. Yeah. What? what was that? What? I'm sorry, Laura. Guess, guess how much percent Eastern European? I come from. Ooh. Well, I don't have to guess. I have the numbers right here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. 20%. And half oh. a percent Asian. No. <laughs> no, 87%. Wow. I thought that was going to be one of those trick questions because, you know, a lot of people get those tests back in the mail and they're shocked to find out that they're not what they thought they were. So, wow, 80-something percent. Yeah. And I mean, we, I feel like my family, we've always known a lot of our history with lots of holes, of course, you know, mm -hmm. nobody, I don't think to know everything about their history unless they do the research, but we only know knew by stories and stuff, but I did do it uh, 23 and me. My husband got me one for Christmas and we did it. And 87%, I was like, okay, so at least, you know, the stories probably are true. <laughs> Right, right. And so that's why you're here, obviously. And by the way, I'm, I've seen lots of different answers on the internet, but what are we calling the current aggression, the war? Does it have a name? I haven't heard anything other than just war in Ukraine. I right. kind of have like, 
it definitely hits me a couple times because I'm like, well, it's a war, but it's not like they knew they were going to war. It's more like an attack on Ukraine. They say invasion. Mm-hmm. You know, they did invade, but they're not yet occupying it because, of course, the forces are resisting it. So it's more, in my mind, an attack on Ukraine. They're still being attacked. A war to me is like two parties that are, you know, in disagreement and trying to hash it out. But this right. was you know invasion but it's not occupancy yet so i still see it as more of like you're being attacked right being attacked that's see it's just it's wild to me i don't know if you guys i assume that you guys have watched a lot of news regarding this situation and uh someone a newscaster multiple newscasters were saying things like it's not like uh you know what a tragedy what a tragedy it's not like this is the middle east or it's not mm-hmm. like, and it's just like, whoa, so they're like, so Ukraine is white. So, you know, they matter. Both wars are horrific. Like both are horrific. For they, sure. Uh, I agree with that too. I think that this could even be, you know, the, I don't want to say it's an opportunity because it's a terrible situation, but, you know, of course we learn from history or we don't learn from history and we make the same mistakes usually. And, but you know we are a different generation we are differently educated than previous generations we have technology to help us stay connected and and have a sense of how we want to live how other people perceive each other and for this to be happening in as white of a country as ukraine is mm. it's going to change hopefully the the perspective the next time something happens in another country where they're not white people you know even i was even thinking about it today like the 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 hurricane situation in Puerto Rico, right? We they they needed so much support and humanitarian aid, and even the U.S. was like the last people. You know, granted it was a different administration, so we could put that out there. But mm-hmm. that's fair. It was a different response than it is now. Um, How so dare I, you? How dare you? He went down there personally and handed tossed paper towels. One single roll. Yeah, he's doing he's doing great. It was a jumbo roll. But I think, though, to (laughs) on another on another note, though, the same vein um, is that. So we have spent so many years with the news depicting Middle Eastern wars as like dudes in huts with turbans on their heads and we're just mowing them down. And we don't really know a lot. You know, there's not a lot of the Middle East or like shows that get shoved down our throat on E that are really Middle Eastern folks. So our news almost depicts them as if they're not like human. Really? Well, the other and- thing I thought about too, you know, was, is it, am I, granted I, I'm biased obviously because I am Eastern European descent and sure. a strong tie to the culture, but I thought about, well, is there a stronger response just where I'm living because there's also a significant population around here and lots of people are know someone who's Ukrainian, including the two of you. Um, so I, you know, I'm like, okay, well, there's that. Maybe it's maybe just the fact that there's a lot of local stuff. So I don't know, like, what is the response in other areas? It seems like it's a very positive, you know, response to we help them. We have to do something. I just hope that it, it, we don't forget, you know, once hopefully this ends and we move past this conflict that we see another conflict in the world happening and we respond in the same way because it's, it's definitely been on my mind for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just, you know, 
with Ukraine, like we're familiar with Ukraine. There's athletes, okay, famous athletes that we've seen, like I've seen beautiful, like, you know, Ukraine. I've actually looked to go there before. Their Airbnbs are gorgeous and, and priced fantastically. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, so, but what I'm saying is like, I've never once said, you know what? Afghanistan, let me look at the Airbnbs there. Like I've never yeah. done that. So right. I think that there's such a big difference there is that the media can't hide the fact that like, you know, they're humans where they've done before treating people like they're not. So the media can't, you know what I mean? And I, I'm, I'm happy and sad about yeah, that. But, but I don't about- understand your point, Rocco, because Afghanistan's a desolate shithole. See, that's the, that's, and thank you, Dan, for illustrating my point. It's not the media. It, it's it's a it's a shit area of the world. And I don't know why Russia or any other country wants to invade or take over that space. But I, oh, the people. That's different. The difference. You're talking about Airbnbs. No one would want to stay in an Airbnb there. I think there's more of a recent history. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a history buff, but obviously we know in our adult lives how much conflict there has been in Afghanistan and other areas of the Middle East, and. Ukraine has had a lot of its own oppression throughout its existence. You know, every generation has something that they can remember as the marking point on its part of, of history. But to to think that it took this this long, you know, there's been a few scuffles in parts of Ukraine, mm-hmm. but not anything like this, where it's literally take over the whole country. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of Middle Eastern countries have experienced that. So has it just been because they have yet to find a group of people to help them build a more stable way of living so that they can achieve, you know, a level of, you know, people want to go there and see the culture and experience it and understand how those people choose to live as opposed to a group of people just constantly running the place and determining how those people should live. And, you know, there's part of that. It's not, it's not been enough time for some countries to, you know, modern history to have that experience to show the world that that's what they have as a culture people didn't know about ukraine when i was growing up mm-hmm. when i was younger and i was going to saturday language school and sunday ukrainian catholic school and monday wednesday ukrainian folk dance practice right. you know go talk to my my american friends and they're like oh what do you do and i'm like i'm a ukrainian dancer they're like huh like yeah. they didn't they didn't they didn't know anything about it so i was like oh you don't know what that is yeah i don't i don't either you know like i just i just didn't know how to explain it because i was only seven eight years old but now that it's you know of course a lot of times when they're in the news it's for bad things because Um, yeah unfortunately that's of russia there's always corruption um but it obviously has garnered itself a place in the world and and gotten some recognition for good things for positive things so you know and the culture has stayed strong as, as much as it can in Canada and the United States and Australia and different parts of the world. Yeah, uh, exactly what, what yeah. you just said times two. Yeah. Um, the other problem here is that Russia has been, first of all, they have a blackout for media in their, in their country. That it's only state-run media, right? Yeah. yeah so you, yes. have, you have soldiers and citizens. This is Fox News, 24 hours moment. a day, seven days a week in Russia. Yeah, pretty much being told that 
there is a Nazi occupying uh, system in Ukraine, and the citizens have asked for help. And so the soldiers were under the impression that they were going to basically just go in and quickly remove the Nazi regime. That and they were also told, I, I heard a news report that, um, you know, the Russian media told the Russian people that the Ukrainians who were these Nazi people were hiding all of their hardware and artillery and, and things in those civilian places, which is why they had to attack places to destroy their hardware and their resources and yeah. things like that. Like they hid them in a bunker in a hospital where the babies were. They hid them, you know, in, in daycare centers and they hid them. And, and I, it's just, it again, reminded me of, well, you know, we got to go into Afghanistan because there's weapons of mass destruction in there and we have to go in there and find them because they're going to destroy us. We better destroy them first. And I just, it just gives me a new perspective on yeah. that history of my, you know, coming into adulthood and experiencing war, you know, right. as 19, 20 year old person in America. Well, so. we, as a culture, as a, as a country, we were all lied to. Oh yes. Senators, representatives in Congress, etc. Well, we're still being lied to, but yes. Believe the lie. And so they voted to go to war based on bad intelligence. Right. Right, and it obviously turned out to be completely unfounded. So yeah, total BS. Yes. And that. it's it's just you know, and, and I'm, in in our country, want to have more responsibility for making decisions, which is why I do have a hard time, you know, when they're like, "Oh, why is he doing more? Why is he doing more?" Yes and no. Like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be careful, but also make a decision. Like sitting around and pretending like we have all this time is is not what Ukraine has, um, but to make a decision and know, you know, that you're doing it with in a responsible way. Like you have to be responsible for the decisions that you're making, period. So that leads me into my next question, Laura, because I've, I was very curious to find out how you felt if you were given a magic wand or maybe a better role playing is if you became president tomorrow. Oh, Ooh, I like it, Dan. What are the decisions that you would make moving forward with the situation in Ukraine? Oh, man. Would you send uh, troops? Would you send airstrikes? What would you do? I mean, I don't, I, I think it's important to have the European Union and, and NATO on board because mm -hmm. that was the whole reason why I wish that Ukraine had become part of the uh, NATO alliance a long time ago. I mean, they were constantly working hard to do that when the the you know, president Yanukovych who was basically Putin's back pocket guy you know came in and, and undermined the whole process um I think that really set them back they had been working towards it and mm -hmm. like, nope not doing it and didn't, didn't uh I hear something about him being the godfather to his kids or something that's how closely tied those two were I wouldn't be surprised. That's disturbing. Well, I, I mean, that's he's been living since he was ousted. So, you know, that's not a surprise to anyone, I'm sure. But that was because, so like, I get it that, you know, European Alliance said, well, we don't, we got to vet, you know, these countries want to make sure there's no corruption because of course you don't want to, you know, sign them in. And then the next day something happens and you get everybody scrambling to, to have to respond based on the, the policy. Right 
know, the treaty and all of that. But, you know, I think I felt like Ukraine had really proven themselves with the amount of time, like a whole generation has gone by. And yes, it has its issues, but doesn't every country have its issues? And certainly being a part of an alliance would help you to kind of pull them more in the direction that you want that country to go in based on, you know, what they've been working towards economically and politically and all of that. So, um, well, it's kind of like Ukraine is Ukraine's that guy who has a crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and the guy wants to the, that guy wants to join your gentleman's club at the nice end of town. And the gentleman's club is like, "Bro, I'm sure you're in the right headspace, but you got crazy baggage and your crazy girl's going to be coming around here knocking on the door all the time." We can't have that. That's kind of what NATO was like. They're like, uh, fucking Ukraine. They got issues. They're right next to Russia. They still have ties. There's infighting. The entire eastern half, not eastern half, but the eastern sections of Ukraine, easily since, what, 2003, maybe it goes back to, have been separatists, and they want to join Russia again. Right. I mean, it's, this is a huge problem. This wild. war that we're seeing right now goes back to 2014, at least. Well, that's what it makes me think about, like, I, you know, well, and all the time prior to that, was there more opportunity that was missed? But they were like, well, you know, you're not a strong enough country economically, so we'll wait a little longer. But what we did, you know, or what they did, or look what it potentially a missed opportunity, I think, to, yeah. to have done that. Because, I mean, you can't punish a country for bordering a giant bully. It's not their fault that they share a border either. Um, yeah. You know, Belarus and, and Georgia are kind of in the same boat as far as that goes. But in my opinion, you know, maybe have more corruption or something. Right. Well, that's the problem with all the former Soviet, you know, areas and countries is that, you know, they have a sordid history with that particular country. Yeah. You know, they're saying, well, you know, they're going to overrun our borders. So then they're going to be on the border of Poland if they win. Like, then what are you going to do? Yeah. Part of NATO, so you didn't really solve the problem, right? Because the borders Precisely. are now changing, and they've been doing that for you know centuries. So yeah, yeah, it's true. So you would or would not put American troops on the ground? I don't know as if it would be American troops. I think that there would you need want to, it be to be a whole and support. Yeah. Like the idea of having the the fighter jets, like, okay, well, if, you know, Europe is okay with that and we're just going to backfill so that they're not on a shortage, like, then do it. Give them something because they're just getting shot at from the sky and they have no other defense except Molotov cocktails and maybe a couple of tanks that they can shoot some things down with. Which, by the way, somehow is working. And right. But jars it, think- of vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear? Uh, yeah. Two- Two women, one one woman got a drone down with a jar of cucumbers. Another woman got a drone down with a jar of tomatoes. Nice. Yeah. And that's badass. It happened. I can see it. Happening. Yeah. No major cities have been taken over. Yeah. Right. Um, at this point, you know, Putin thought the whole thing would be done by now, but it isn't. Uh, so, you know, kudos to, to those that, that are st- staying and fighting and, and doing a great job at it. I mean, obviously the European union sent giant uh, package aids of pack packages of aid and, and um, money packages of aid weapons. <laughs> no, don't open that package um, and, and weapons and artillery and 
um, vests and gear. Uh, so they're being helped in some way. Someone, right? I know someone locally who is, who is, uh, you know, former Ukrainian military veteran turned former American military veteran. Um, who's actually my folk dance instructor. <laughs> and he is basically like, I've been collecting supplies for the last eight years. So anybody else who wants to toss me some money, I'm going to keep collecting those kinds of, you know, weapon and defense support resources and sending that stuff over. That's so crazy. I don't yeah. like in no other situation, you know what I mean? Like you don't hear anybody else being like, I'm going to go, you know, get some military gear and send it over to help defend, you know, our military in Afghanistan. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Or, or, you know, the Afghani forces. I just didn't know. There could have been. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's, that's true. The Afghani forces, for example, that were so easily taken over right. as soon as we withdrew. Um, but before we go to break, I was curious, are you a first or second generation? Great question. Um, so it depends on how do you calculate generation? Do you I think count technically as long as you have one parent that came from that country, that makes you a first generation. Well, I, I was reading about this because some cultural groups consider their, the, the generation that came to this country as a generation zero. Other right. counted as first generation because they likely became American citizens. So that is the first generation American. And Fair enough. Yeah. So some people, I always ask because some people call it, count it differently, kind of like first cousin, second cousin, third cousin. Oh, hi, that works. <laughs> but um, my mom was, my mom's brother was born in Ukraine, but then she and her other brother were born here. So my grandparents came over, they became citizens. They were first generation, my mom second. So I'm technically third generation. Got you. Uh, okay. But you're, you have an aunt and an uncle that were actually born there my mom's brother was born there oh just your mom's brother okay yeah so my my grandmother had uh five other siblings sisters three of them stayed in ukraine three of them came here and my uncle my my grandfather also had siblings some came here some stayed there so by definition i do have relatives still in those areas but it was you know something that they kept in touch with back in the nineties when you still had to make expensive phone calls once a month to like stay in touch with people and there wasn't social media. And when they aged, you know, and passed away, it wasn't something that you could really pass on. So we don't, I mean, I could do more 23 Me research probably and dig deeper on the social media world and find myself a relative. But as of right now, I don't know where they are or who they are or anything like that. Is that something that your parents talk a lot about? Is the family tree, the heritage, who came and why? Yeah, my family really uh, enjoys that. My dad is um, one of uh, eight siblings, and he's an, an additional generation down. So on my dad's side, I'm technically fourth generation. Um, but, you know, they, they have a ton of stories because they were really connected to, you know, their family, their family history and, and talking about the old country and, and how they, you know, how the traditions came to be, you know, what they are and how they've become Americanized and, you know, some of the things that they brought over and, and, and 
that we still try to continue to this day, you know, different, you know, holidays, usually Christmas, Easter, um, different, different things like that. Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. Dan, I'm first generation on my dad's side. Right. And you, you define first generation, uh, as I'm the one born here. I am. I am the first one born in the United States on my dad's side. I, um, I put it this way. I understand it. So like if someone's talking at me in Italian, I will just answer them in English because I'm lazy. And it's like, I understand every word you just said. I'm just going to answer in English because that's what I'm comfortable with. But and I can read it and I can write it, too. So I can read it, write it and understand it. But I just I can't speak it. It's almost like a mental block or I'm just like lazy. It's so funny. I'm the same way with French, but the opposite. I can speak it and read it and write it a certain level. But if someone's speaking it to me. I, it might as well be gibberish. Well, the, the thing is with Italian is, and you're a child, you have to learn it very fast to understand the type of beating your grandmother is going to give you. Oh, I like, see. so you can like, uh, okay, what did she say? Slipper or crowbar? Cause it right. could be either at this point. And, <laughs> and then you're running and it's like a scene in Jurassic park. You're just fucking running yeah. and grandma's coming. It's awful being first generation. Yeah. So and you had to stand still so she couldn't see you. Yeah, just don't move. She can, she can only sense movement. <laughs> yeah. All I, right. Well, since you said crowbar, I think we should take a break. Yes. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I don't know. I guess we'll talk about other stuff. We'll be right back. Get off the shit! From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, we're Don'tForgetATowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama, okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is Perfect this is Freddy. quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. And we hey, are back. This is Critical Man. Wow. I could have just guessed that you were going to do that. I should have like I walked right into that directly. This is a professional show and I need to get your shit together. You are not a professional. You clearly asked me to bring us in. All right. Anyways. Back to the family history. Are they from the that means they're from what Russia called the region of Ukraine? Because Ukraine is only I don't even know what 30, 40 years old. I mean, by 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 independent standards, uh, right. in the day, yes. Um, I think it. I'm, I've read a lot about it. I just can't remember it all because it's such an extensive history. Because of course, Europe is older than dirt. dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like in you know, it's since 1991 been independent. But um, my dad is actually Polish and Czechoslovakian. Although since doing our 23andMe ancestry stuff and, and the way that 
the current uh, borders are, because obviously Czechoslovakia is now the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Our mm -hmm. family lineage lies on the Slovakia side. So Slovakian, Polish, and Ukrainian. And at one point in history, all of those borders touched and met. And I was like, wouldn't that be great if I was literally just from right there? And 23andMe is pretty cool because it actually, you know, it, it's constantly changing. They're always, you know, triangulating data off of more members and, you know, looking back into history to see where did groups of people move and borders shifting and all of that. And so you can actually, it will tell you the specific regions of which countries that you, your DNA essentially hails from, you know, clusters of those DNA have been located among other members in those areas. So I literally am right from that part of Slovakia, that part of Poland, that part of Ukraine, the Western area. And so that's kind Damn. of cool to know literally all I have there. not done the There's genealogy thing. Hungarian, but again, throughout like hundreds of years, you know, the, the DNA goes back, you know, hundreds of years. So that's see to me that's incredible coming from Rob, have you done that me no but what's wild to me is how they build that database because they that database is built um and under shady circumstances um which is people that willingly give dna samples for crimes and stuff like that there you go um they they build it yeah but I'm just saying like before, like you did it and before all these other people that are doing it now, they would have had to have a database to compare it to, or it doesn't make any sense. So to me, it's like some shady dude is just like, Hey, uh, give me all your DNA information uh, for, you know, a million bucks or whatever. And then they create something like 23 and me. It's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. And then ironically, also the database has helped solve crimes. Yes, correct. It's done. So, it's done wonderful things. I'm it's not crazy, ones. but yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, well, Dan. I, I definitely want to do it. Do um, it. But I'm also scared. A friend of ours did it, and he loves to tell people how he's uh, less than 1% Asian. And he yeah. will just like just bring that up and be like, no, nah, dude, I'm like, I'm Asian. I'm like, no, you are not. <laughs> so, Laura, who is the most famous uh, actress, comedian, whatever, the most famous person that has ties to Ukraine? I don't know. I feel like most people would probably say, like, Alex Trebek. You know that? Really? Uh, Ukrainian. I didn't know that. Did not know that. Right. So, never mind. Uh, Mila Kunis, she's yeah. Ukrainian. She's been doing a lot. She's raised a ton of money with her husband, which is pretty I wild. I thought that she was Romanian. Nope. No. Have you seen wow. her speak Russian? She she eviscerated a, uh, a, a a Russian journalist in Russian, which was just like really hot. <laughs> you know just to see that happening i was like yeah, you get yeah. him you get him girl <laughs> nice. anyway um i don't know there's a couple other like ukrainian song artists but they're probably only famous like in ukraine I don't right know. right yeah um now, do you speak any Ukrainian or Russian or 
Really? I mean, I, so I, I went to school, I started learning the language and certainly like my mom taught me phrases growing up, but I mean, she was native speaker. So I kind of kick my, I kind of kick her in a way. I'm like, why didn't you just speak it? It would have been easier. Right. Learned it. Um, but she wanted me to go to, you know, Ukrainian school and, and learn it. So I started at like the kindergarten level and I studied it for about four years and, but, but just learning it four hours a week and not really ever using it, it wasn't really, you know, I wasn't growing in the, the language learning and I wasn't really using it any other time. Um, so I consider myself a Ukrainian school dropout, unfortunately, but I can still have a very like strong phonetic background and I can, I can read it. I can, you know, know what some of the things are that I'm reading, but very limited. I mean, I have like a first, second grade, you know, learning level. I, like Rocco said, you know, I can know when somebody's talking about me because of course, like my, my, my parents are both from Syracuse. And so we would travel from Rochester to Syracuse multiple times a year, every holiday, Christmas, Easter, and summertime do stuff, um, visit the, the family, mostly my parents, um, Grand, you know, my grandparents' houses were only a couple of miles away from each other. Um, so essentially, like it was always my mom speaking Ukrainian all day long, talking and catching up with her mom and her sister, um, my grandmother's sister. And so they're, you know, they're just telling about, you know, oh, what's she doing in school, what they're doing, da da da. da. And you always know when they're talking about you specifically. And you're like, no, that's not true. So, like, yeah. you know, certain things, you catch on certain phrases and words and you can kind of piece it together enough to know you know what they're talking about and so like you said I don't respond in Ukrainian I don't have enough of the language but yeah it, it would be great to learn um you know a lot of uh language learning apps though they only post you know Russian Polish things like that so Ukrainian mm -hmm. is still really hard to come by it would be nice if they started to include more Ukrainian because certainly I'd love to learn it more but it's it's a difficult way. It's such an old language. I think you had asked me, you know, said, mentioned to me in a, a message about like, why do people call it Ukraine versus the Ukraine? And mm -hmm. the question with it is that the, I have a friend who actually is from Ukraine and she um, in college was studying international relations and she actually can speak Ukrainian and Russian now because of her studying program. And she um, said that the the Ukraine is a symbol of Russian language because they actually have articles like uh and the of you know things like that and Ukrainian language doesn't so to say the Ukraine you're referring to it as if it were like a Russian translation versus just Ukraine because it's they they don't want to have that association with Russia obviously so that's kind of where that comes from. And I always used to correct people in college because, you know, I, I, I'm always up for talking about being Ukrainian, obviously. And mm -hmm. people be like, well, what about the Ukraine? Like, it's not the Ukraine. And they'd be like, why are you getting so mad? I'm like, because it's wrong. Right. <laughs> How do you understand? Now, now I'm just, if nothing else, you know, it, it puts a big spotlight on a country that has really held on to its tradition and its culture through centuries of oppression and, and, you know, famine and communists, everything here and there trying to take over and to, to show everything that they're still still fighting for is like, I think one of the, the saddest, but the best things to come out of it, literally the whole world knows that flag and the whole world knows more about Ukraine because of the last several weeks than ever in my my whole lifetime, for sure.
That's true. And That's true. The silver linings. Right? Yeah. Of local communities is that they are, you know, finally able to say like, yes, I am Ukrainian. You know what that is and why it's so important. So. Yeah. And uh, so the New we, York uh, Ukrainian choir opened SNL. Yes. Um, I, I saw, that. saw that. Yeah. The John and Mulaney episode. Right? That was probably the greatest monologue I've ever seen ever. John Mulaney's monologue. Yeah, he's very good. Um, I did want to ask a question. So here in uh, Rochester, there's uh, something called the Greek Fest. Uh, a certain area of, of the city goes all out with, with Greek stuff. Is there a Ukrainian festival in Rochester or at least in upstate New York? And if there is, where is it? When can we go? And then second part of the question, is there a place locally that we could find authentic Ukrainian food? Um, you really don't know about the Ukrainian festival? I thought I've heard of it, but, you know, I don't. There's so many goddamn festivals. This guy just moved here uh, from Pittsburgh. Uh, I work with him. And I just told him, like, the only thing we have to offer is Wegmans and festivals yes. yes that's what we do here the fest the ukrainian festival i i grew up in that i the uh -huh. the thing that i did and studied for 18 years i danced at every single summer oh wow all of those years um it's a it's a huge festival i mean my grandparents used to come from Syracuse to watch us dance. And so they would run into people that they knew because other people from Syracuse would come. Syracuse has their own festival. So they, you know, there's also a large group of Ukrainian people in Syracuse as well. Um, but yeah, uh, every third, usually the third weekend in August is the Rochester Ukrainian Festival. Um, it's been on hiatus the last two years because of the pandemic. They just did a, a food drive-through. Um, so basically they just strictly food, um, but there, there's, there's dancing, there's, um, vendors, there's, you know, local vendors. They, they sometimes, um, bring in Canadian dance groups to showcase more of the, the folk culture. There's sometimes, uh, instrumentalists and vocalists. And actually, um, one of the people that I follow on social media is a violinist who was um, featured here in Rochester a couple oh, different wow. times. He was a student, he was actually on the news recently um, because they interviewed him. He's actually still in Ukraine, but he was um, a student here at the Eastman School of Music and did perform at you know local Ukrainian events, but probably also with Eastman because he was a student there. Um, and then recently went back to Ukraine um, before he was supposed to come here to start his master's. And obviously he, can't just leave the country right now like he's i think still working on the initiative i don't think he's on the front lines of fighting but like i i followed him on instagram when i came to know that that's who he was i was like wow he's a really good violinist he's you know our age he's a young guy wow. um but his name is uh kostya k-o-s-t-i-a something like that um but yeah, he uh, was interviewed on the local news and was kind of, he shows videos of his neighborhood and his area and, and what's happening. So it's literally like a first person account of, of what's going on. It's, it's a different way to look at history happening in the moment for sure. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't, we're just like, Hey, this is my neighborhood. It's being bombed. Yeah. Anyways. You would have 
food, local food. Um, there is a couple of uh, European places around uh, Rochester. There's a place called Pol Pol Polska Chata. It's a basically like Polish house restaurant. It's somewhere up in around Dukoye. Um, and they do like pierogies and um, kielbasa sausages, sauerkraut, you know, all that kind of traditional stuff, probably borscht, beet soup. Um, I not a huge Ukrainian food fan, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, don't tell my baba, but she kind of already knows because I was a really picky. <laughs> It's nothing she doesn't already know, but you know, I, I, you know, I'll still eat it. I'm also now gluten free, so that kind of throws a wrench into it being, you know, yeah, asking country. Unfortunately, I have an allergy to wheat, so it's kind of ironic. All right, so for a picky American eater, if they <laughs> if they end up at an Eastern European style restaurant, what do you suggest they eat? It's a good question, Dan. Look at we, you. Phil. One menu item that they should pick out if they're kind of a picky eater. I don't know. Why would you I mean, want there's to... always there's always right. kielbasa sausage, right? There's that you yeah. can't go wrong there. You can't go no. wrong with that. Go wrong with that. Um, I don't know. Here's <laughs> perspective though, because I mean I'm not picky anymore. I'm really mm -hmm. not that anymore it's just not the food that just not the palate that i prefer really right i like more italian food and mexican food and asian food uh where was this uh festival located you said it's the third weekend in august but where do they hold it um saint josephat's ukrainian catholic church is the local church that my mom attended just here as a family obviously I said she's from Syracuse, but when they came here, my parents, you know, uh, came to Rochester. That's where they kind of set up Ukrainian base and they do, um, you know, folk dancing. They still have, they had a school there. I think they still have a school there now, like an actual Catholic school Monday through Friday um, that was teaching Ukrainian language um, as part of the curriculum. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. And they had. And that's, like, that's the big one in Aronicoit, right? The, with the yeah. Can see from the expressway with the domes. Yeah, um, do tours during the festival so that people can go in and see. Like it's it's a really interesting kind of uh, combination. Like a lot of people look at it and say like, oh, that's definitely orthodox, but it has a lot of I think ornamental and uh, ornate uh, orthodox features. But it's actually Catholic religion, so the religions are similar to that of another Catholic, you know, Italian Catholic, Roman Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. That's what I was raised Roman Catholic. So just Same. hate your hate yourself for everything and stuff it down with brown. It's pretty <laughs> much Roman <laughs> Catholic. Right. Yeah. Well, that sounds uh, pretty pretty fun. Maybe we'll take critical mass on a little field trip and, and they go. Got, they got Ukrainian beer there too. It's the only probably place you can get. I mean, beers of the world. You could probably get Ukrainian beer there too, but you get as much as you want at the Ukrainian festival. <laughs> I heard something, by nice. the way. I heard that there are people that are actually getting Airbnbs in in Ukraine and they're not going. So then the people who just own the place get that money. It's the yeah. fa fastest way to donate directly to another human being. Oh, wow. I so did hear just, that. You do like a five night stay or a four night stay or a two night stay or one night stay. Just find a day that's open and then pay for that day. And then they're going to get that money. 
what if you were actually somebody that wanted to go to Ukraine and stay in an Airbnb? They're just so disappointed with you. They're all booked. You can't find them. Everybody just keeps donating. And yeah, I, right. I wanted this weekend. No, I imagine I just wanted- they're telling the story like I told it. And then this guy's like, so, yeah, this guy just paid for five nights and I don't even have to house him. And the guy shows up. <laughs> like, well, Where's my room? It's like, Gary, how the hell By did the way, you I forgot get my here? toothbrush? Right. Well, oh, I actually today was the first day. Um, you know, there was they're collecting different donations for supplies and things. Um, and it, I think it's a very large um, undertaking, to be honest. I was expecting a lot of the drop off points to be just in and around Rochester, but there were a bunch out near me uh, in the Finger Lakes area. And so I offered to just anybody who had anything toss it my way and I'll drop it off. And literally in two days, the back of my car was full. Um, so I dropped all that stuff off. I mean, it was boxes and boxes of like diapers and pull-ups and baby wipes for all the kids and toothbrushes and, you know, other hygiene products and stuff like that. So anybody, you know, can just look around. There's, there's an organization in Rochester called Rock Maidan, M-A-I-D-A-N, and they are a local Ukrainian uh, organization that's basically trying to head up a lot of the communication around like what other, you know, larger agencies are asking for, for Ukrainian donations or humanitarian support in Poland and across the border and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully that stuff will keep, keep coming and keep going where it needs to go. All right, we'll put that in the liner notes. That's yeah. Rock Maidon, R-O-C-M-A-I-D-O-N. Yes. D-A-N. Jeez. Glad Rock you're not Maiden. doing those liner notes. Yeah. Wow. Aren't, glad you're not the one. <laughs> oh, Dan, you're the worst. You're the worst. I um, So the I wanted to ask, do you, uh, and, and I'm sorry if, you know, this was touched on previously, but do you, physically have anyone there now that you specifically know um so i i mean not directly personally i have uh-huh. um a couple of my mom has a close friend and i have a close friend they each have family members living gotcha okay or, okay or, you know relocating out of there so you know she my mom keeps in touch with her friend and just you know occasionally asks you know how are you doing how are things going for your family and you know, I can only imagine how stressful like that must be to wonder. And especially with the time zone change, like you don't know what's going on until the next day. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously internet is an issue and power supplies issues. So to, to not hear from people knowing that you were previously connected to them, because of course technology has, yeah. you know, advantages. So then to not have that has to be really stressful. And, you know, just, I can only imagine. Yeah. So, so your mom's friend mm-hmm. and your friend's friend. Yeah. My, are, yeah. My, who I grew up with in dancing. She lives down in uh, Maryland now, but she has family because she's a rich family. Okay. So you, you're hearing a lot of this firsthand. More or less. I mean, I try not to be like, Hey, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? Sure. But sure. they're all trying to leave for sure. Right. I mean, you can't stay. There's nowhere to stay. Wow. You know, I, and the people that are staying are the people that are fighting and, you know, or supporting the effort in terms of what they're doing to, you know, if they're either making artillery or making the camouflage nets 
um, out of just fabric tied onto a whole net and all that. Right, right, right. So I, I don't know if, you know, I don't know where all of their family members are located across the country, but I mean, nothing that you see on the news is good. And you have to figure that they have to find a way to leave because they can't stay there long-term. Yeah. It's, it's pretty so terrifying. Difficult it would probably be to leave, I think. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Well, um, that was a bit of a downer at the end there. Sorry for bringing that stuff up. But when we come back, I think we should just dive right into the uh, FU section. What do you think there, Rockface? I think we should jump right in. We'll be right back. Serenity now! Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. <laughs> a political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. Yes, you are. Everybody's favorite part of the show is fuck mm. you. Where Dan and I, we get, sometimes we're serious and sometimes we're silly. I don't know what it's going to be today. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Uh, okay. Let me just get this cracking. I've complained on this show before about celebrities, comedians, famous people in general that begin to flood the market in the podcast world i just heard an advertisement today bill fucking clinton podcast yep and already has more listeners than we do fuck you bill <laughs> fuck you dude go go to some island all right mm-hmm. where it's very questionable the age of the girls that are there because nah. we know that you've been hanging out in that island. You know which island I'm talking about. Hey, oh, he's a dirty old man. We all know it. Well, Just yeah. go away, dude. No one wants to listen to. He's haggardly old boys. Yeah, let me talk. We have great conversations. Let me tell you about my balls. Very, very interesting people. No one wants to listen to that man. Shut up. And I just said, I said, Monica. Don't stop. <laughs> don't stop, Monica. <laughs> It's like, Bill, like Bill, we don't want to hear this. This is a highbrow show, Rocco. No, it's not. I didn't need you to go that low. You need to stop thinking. You're like George Costanza wanting the Ted Danson money. That whole story arc when they were the, they were pitching their sitcom and he was right. arguing that he's Ted Danson. He deserves the same amount Ted, Ted Danson has. It's ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Anyways, Bill, just come on. Fuck. I don't like him. I don't like him. You're right. You're right. Why? Why? There's a there's a podcast about TV shows now. Like every TV show that was ever on the air now has a podcast about it. Enough. Maybe that's what we should do. This is the first podcast that I've ever like. I don't. I don't podcast. Sorry. <laughs> you don't pod. I don't. They're um. Well, you're busy all day teaching the youth. 
or maybe we'll edit that out, but you're busy all day, you know, with a real job. I get to walk around with, you know, just listening on my phone to various things. Yeah. misdelivering people's mail it's great well and podcasts are good too because they're for everyone like you don't have to there i listen to some dramatized stuff like like actual like episodes of like a murder mystery and their sound effects and it's like listening to old radio it's kind of cool yeah. if you're not into like the talk radio stuff yeah i feel like there's just such a wide I, it's like it came out of nowhere just all of a sudden there's like a thousand podcasts for every kind of listener and then you hear about the promos for podcasts all the time it's almost more annoying than the amount of podcasts that there are it's like hey there's a podcast here's a podcast and then they just i don't know just i remember in the 90s world there was a joke that there was like basically a magazine for everything yeah Yeah. you know what i mean yes yeah dreidel makers uh monthly (laughs) like what yeah are you seriously and that's the way podcasting is now. now there i just didn't i mean there is there's ukrainian catalogs they were coming to my house <laughs> of course there were of course uh, so yeah just that's my old thing just there's okay. too much there's too much and there's not enough ears so fuck off bill you're 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 cramming our style bill we don't like you bill yeah so all right i'm if gonna on your show would you say no no he of course not. not but we got to be allowed to say whatever we want and that's exactly Absolutely. what i tell him i don't yeah. <laughs> We're not afraid. Yeah, I will I will just be like, Bill, if you will answer every question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. I have another adventure in uh what's it called? The the self grocery shopping. Yes, in the self checkout. Another adventure in Wegman self checkout. I do these things a lot and I do them because I don't want to interact with people. And I really, really like the self-checkout because I don't have to deal with you. But I know that when you buy alcohol, you do have to deal with someone. And I just don't like that. I don't. Right. They should be seen but not heard. Okay? And that's how <laughs> I feel. So I'm booping my boops. You know, boop, boop. What? On a podcast. What? A podcast. What about the podcast? Sorry. What? You, you got- Are her. <laughs> oh well yeah I, okay <laughs> wow sorry about that i'm fighting something anyway um jesus so i boop it the beer okay and the, the lights beer. start flashing and i am immediately you know epileptic i don't like i'm not really but like it's just a lot of lights flashing i have my id ready the dude comes over he looks at my id he looks at the screen he looks at my id he says my birth date out loud, which is fine. Yeah. Okay. I like to make a joke. I say, don't tell him anyway, <laughs> because I'm awkward. Right. So, yes, yeah, very true. Or don't say it so loud. You know, everyone's yeah. going to hear how old I am anyway. Um, so the dude go- looks again at the screen, looks at my ID, says it out loud and goes, oh, I'm underage. I can't do this. I can't sell this to you. So, like, I looked at him and I couldn't help it. But first words out of my mouth were, then why are you standing here? <laughs> why would he walk over? They have to have someone over there that's of age. So yeah. he goes, he goes, I'll have to grab someone. Didn't do. I said, do, do that, please. Please do that. <laughs> and, he, you know, he's telling the dude, he's just like, hey, come here, come here. And then it's the same, you know, older gentleman that I deal with often. And I'm just like, bam, dude. All right. 
I'm, I'm legit. Let's do this. But like, fuck you, dude. What? Why did you come over here? Yeah. Like, why? I wasn't I didn't call them names. I didn't raise my voice. I was just very, very direct. I was extremely direct and I didn't make a scene because he went and got someone. So there's no need to be yeah. rude to these people. But like, dude, you're stupid. Like if you like if he would have walked up and been like, hey, man, I got to grab someone because I, I can't sell this to you and walked away. I'd be like, all right, that sucks. But thank you. But he walked over, looked at my ID, looked at the screen, looked at my ID, looked at the screen, said my birth date out loud. And then realized none of this matters. Yeah, that's why he's there. He doesn't have any work experience yet. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, to take the position of self-checkout guy. That was just poor on whoever was managing at the time. Right. That wasn't his fault. I, I partially blame him. Let's find him. Let's beat the shit out of him, Rocco. You, me. There you go. Let's do it. I just want to go grocery shopping with you. I would just love to stand there and just laugh. I'm telling you, I should you have a GoPro. Out. I should have a GoPro on my chest and yeah. go grocery shopping. I talk to myself. People look at me and they know that's the guy that talks to himself. I don't yeah, even care well, either. Not a good idea. Wow. I stick her too much, so I <laughs> know what that's like. They check your ID <laughs> at your house now. You buy alcohol. Oh, wow. I I did not know that. That's pretty I wild. Care. They give it to you. <laughs> Even though you was actually already paid for, I guess they would take it back and you would get a refund if yeah. you were not old enough to actually purchase it. Yeah. Wow. No, we uh, Dan, we should do that. Get a GoPro and I'm going to go grocery shopping. We'll put it on the right. show. Just have your phone on or something. There you go. All anyway. Right. Anyway. Laura, do you feel inspired or would you just like to send some positive vibes? Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not feeling too inspired at the moment. Sorry. It's getting to be past bedtime. That's okay. All right. Well, we'll definitely send that, uh, put that um, stuff in the, in the, in the bottom there, bottom section. What's it called? The liner notes. The liner notes. Yeah. And definitely, you know, thanks for, thanks for coming out today. Oh, wow. And, uh, a live audience. We, we appreciate you. that. Uh, we appreciate you being here. So yes, thank you. Thank you, Laura, for telling your story. To be the only Ukrainian you know. Well, I do know a guy from college. I don't know where he lives now. We don't. We never kept in contact. But, but okay. uh, his name is Alan Jukain. If you're out there, Alan. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. To the yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I knew. I used to know two Ukrainian dudes who went to my high school, and people were very mean to them. And I was witness to it, and I didn't sit right with me ever. So. Um, but yeah, I don't know why people I, are assholes. I always knew you were a racist. I knew it. No, I wasn't me, Dan. Anyways, Ugh, anyway, right. Dan, aren't you supposed to be doing the? Uh, well, yeah. Do you got anything else now? you want to talk about? No, that's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. See, usually I say that, and then when you say that's it, I start playing the music. So here we are. I want to thank everyone. First rodeo. I know. I want to thank everyone at DFAT. Um, I want to just, just if you like to podcast, just search DFAT Entertainment and you have a plethora of podcasts. Check them out. And uh, Bob from Gutsy Media, happy retirement. That's right, Bobby. We love you. And we hope to have you on the show soon. Um, thanks, everyone. Uh, and uh, what's the catchphrase there? 
What do I say? You remember. I'm not going to say it for you. Party on, Wayne. Bye, everyone. They come from butts. <laughs>